too many people. That's exactly Not right. Not enough people. Too many people. Welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Late podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever, whatsoever, whatsoever. No mention of it. <laughs> but we are a whiskey podcast. <laughs> We're taking it back old school, because I'm an old fool who's so cool. If you want to get down, I'm going to show you the way. Whoop, there it is. I thought you knew. Oops. There it is. Like, the beginning sessions of this podcast, and maybe one or two in between, and one not in many, many, many months. (laughs) Coming live from my apartment as Chicago is still quarantined on May 29th, 2020, it is myself, Jake Hookie. I actually introduced myself at the very beginning. Wow. Pat it back to me. And the one and only, Wilson Ramon Torres. Hey, young world. Hey, young world. Mm. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. Yeah. It's uh, Friday evening. Very evening. Work has ceased for some. FedEx is still delivering packages <laughs> to all the great <laughs> folks in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. Yeah, man. But... After some delayed starts, some rescheduling in our day, yeah, we are here to drink some high life, drink some pen hook, and drink some off color as well. So yeah. beer that tastes like tacos. Yeah, it's beer for tacos. Beer for tacos. And I thought maybe that would. I didn't read the label. I just got really excited about it. I was really anticipating something that was like, um, high life with just a little bit of lime squeezed into it. <laughs> Just a little Just bit, just a little bit, but um, that wasn't the case. It was a how do you pronounce that again? What the style of beer that that is? Gauche. A gauche with uh, some lime juice, some pink Himalayan salt that was brewed into it. Um, actually, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I think I'll do just the one. Mm, I, I don't think I'll have more than one of those. I might do a second. Yeah. 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 Maybe with tacos. Nah. No. I don't even need a taco. I wonder why it's called beer with tacos. Is it because of the... Because it tastes like a uh, Tostitos chip with salt and lime. Oh, that's right. You said that. It does taste like that. It also, it says it on the can, too. Shut up. Does yeah. It, it says that? Yeah. I was As I was saying it, oh. I read it. <laughs> well, I didn't know it. I thought that was just your... your that was my own, take, but it was also their take as well. Oh, how funny. Yeah. See, I don't read. I'm like, it tastes like obviously. a salted lime chip. And uh, yeah. I read it literally as I... Oh, I how it. funny. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it, folks. Well, uh, check we, out Off Color. Actually, they're they're really interesting. They're really cool. I they love their. They have a great patio space to open up on June third. They do actually. You know, and it's 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 not as vast as one would think, but it is cool. But they also it's kind on of Kingsbury. The, in here, yeah, they have the capability of that sidewalk space with it too. If they would shut down the sidewalk, oh, you know what? With the city, That's a very good point. It's not a super busy road right there. It's not. Kingsbury is not when you head that far. Well, south on it. I guess the well, second city won't be open. So no. Not much is over there. No. No, you're right. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. I'm full of good points. <laughs> Today you are? Today I'm not. <laughs> Today is, as I said, May 29th, which the state of Illinois is moving into phase three of the quarantine, which means that all the state except for, well, I assume all the state except for Cook County, Chicago, mm-hmm. is reopening to having bars and restaurants allowing the capability of having guests on their patio, rooftops, and sidewalk spaces where they can hang out, 
have a cocktail, have a beer, have a dram, have, have an appetizer, yeah, and hang out. What up, oops? So loud. So loud in my street. This has been just the worst quarantine in place because our street is so goddamn loud every goddamn day. My wife even left me today. <laughs> she did leave you today. She did. That's fucked up. She bro. moseyed on Didn't down you just, you just to, got the, married. to the mosey to the open state of Indiana, just south of the Illinois border, south of Chicago border, and said, I'm out, bitches. <laughs> Took my dog. <laughs> left me with my with the goddamn cat. <laughs> Took you with the she cat or she hell, whatever. Yeah, she is. she's hiding somewhere. She'll come, she'll reveal yeah, herself eventually. Funny. And uh, said, "I'm going to go visit my parents." And I said, "When you leaving?" <laughs> and she said, "Right now." But um, we are moving into brighter days here in Chicago. Not just the weather, but also focusing on the potential of bars and restaurants. Good stuff, huh? Uh, we are drinking Pinhook Rye, which I believe Callum and I drink on a podcast at some yeah, point. The, the Fall 18. Um, the Rye Humor. Rye Humor, Fall 18. Delicious. The, one of the best noses I've ever had on a rye whiskey. You know, but it has that... Uh, oh, there's something there. I don't know if it's... Well, it has a very distinct quality that most um, ryes from the state of Indiana have that come from one manufacturer. <laughs> but it takes one man. To then blend them properly. Mm. Shout out to Sean Josephs. I agree, hundred percent. Nolan's best. Is that where he's from? Yep. Oh, but do you have his roots set in New York with work? Uh with work. Yeah. Uh, to my understanding, he's, uh, and then he had a. Uh, I've asked Sean to come on the podcast multiple times via Instagram. I have not yet yeah, seen received yes. A bourbon, a bourbon uh, bar he opened up. I remember that's how he yeah. got into all that, and then he. You went to New Orleans, and I don't know if he's. That was a wine bar. Uh, no, it's a bourbon bar. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a sommelier. So am I. Um, of whiskey, and no. he is of wine. I'm a sommelier yeah. of wine. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh. It's the courses. Did you? No, Online? I was supposed to, but oh, did not. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm a sommelier of bullshitting. Real, real well. I'm uh, coming in today with the lowest energy I've ever come into with a podcast. Not sure why either, but um, just that kind of Friday evening. Uh, it's it's um it's it, one of th- it was a weird long week. It's been a weird long two and a half three months. This is this is actually for me the first week in the f- first few days that the uh, current climate has really gotten to me. Um, like you, energy wise and. Optimism still there and all that, but just energy and um, willingness is low. Uh, it has been low this week for me, but you know, you you push through, you do what you can, and you look. You know, I'm still optimistic. I'm still really excited about how we all come out of this. Mm. Um, having this, you know, this time with you and sharing a, a high life like we normally did, or a beer or a beguile after work, or even after a. Uh, um, or after meeting whatnot and hanging out with one another or with our friends, you know, and then having a quick dram on the side, you know, it's sometimes it's all you need. It's just something to remind you what how things were, and uh, hopefully you can get back to them. But but still possible, just maybe not in the same arena that yeah. we're accustomed to. It's interesting you bring up that point about beguile. Um, beguile Brewery is where we pre quarantine life. I call it 
February 2020. Um, so we typically record our podcast at where it's uh, filled with great friends, good times, and always a great laughter, and especially always great beer. And I was up in the na- up in the area, um, not too far from my house today, running some errands legally <laughs> without a face mask, and. I was like, oh, I'll put an online order in for Beguile um, as I'm up here and go pick it up on my after I run the errands. And when I got on my phone to do so, something stopped me from doing it. And it was a little bit of sadness of of going over to uh, our friend's place where they're, they're surviving. I think their supporters are really helping them out too, which is great to see. But it was just kind of a bummed experience of like going and picking up seeing people like I don't know if I would even see them because they're doing um um what do they call it fingerless touchless pickup oh, curbside curbside, curbside, curbside pickup touchless contactless contactless yeah. that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> um but they're doing contact contactless pickup I was like I don't want to go there and just say hi and not be able to interact with people so yeah, no. I decided not to um and then I got on another website to order their beer to support them because we always want to do that. So you never went to Big No, I never did. I just... Uh, I can't, I compl- you know what? That's I just want the... When I when I go back there... I've, I've gone there a couple of times. Early in the quarantine, and, yeah. one, and one time I was with you. Right. Um, but that even, was when it initial, so we went to support everyone there. Right, right, there. right. Yeah. Um, we uh, went to go get them some stuff, our money, mm-hmm. in exchange for beer. It was great seeing them. They took us in like they do as friends. But as soon as another customer came in, we kind of were had to leave because we couldn't give that perception that the bar was open, the pub right. was open. So we left, and I think I went back one more time, picked up some beer. Mm-hmm. But that was been that's that was March. I haven't been back since. Wow. And this is a place I would go at least once a week. Yeah, at least at least once. Yeah. I mean, it was one of my hangouts, one of my haunts, mm-hmm. baby. Um, so it's, uh, but it's depressing to think you have to go back and you can't hang out and see your friends and have a conversation. And I would love to give, you know, Kevin and Brett and Liz and everybody there a big hug, but, and I'm sure on some level we'd all allow each other to do that. But if there's another person there, then I don't want to speak for the mother. I I, also, um, out of turn because I don't know if they would accept my hug because I'm a dirty boy. (sighs) Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, it's just, it's, you just want to go have uh, a good time with people that you've had so many great times with. And this whole world has created such a division between us all. And we've essentially weaponized each other where we've, uh, turned our hugs. Wow. So inappropriate. Yeah. I'm filming you right now. If you didn't know, <laughs> Don't want to be filmed. <laughs> there's no one tuning in. So I might just end it. Okay. But no, it's what we have been is we weaponized our uh, our handshakes, our hugs, yeah. our our um our love that comes from our mouth in the base of germs. That's that's <laughs> no, I mean it's true. We've we've we set we've now transformed what um our conversations, um our love and respect for each other have been into uh, to bullets that can shoot right through you and somehow give you this nasty disease that 99% of people are okay from, but the whole world must shut down. It has to. Master. It has to. There's so many noises out my goddamn neighborhood. Look at this. We got UPS and FedEx. Where's Amazon, baby? That's pretty funny. Every day. 
Um, I think you live on the most prime Amazon street in Chicago. All day. There's. I didn't know there were so many different forms of Amazon trucks that existed out yeah, there in the world. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? See little, their little uh, fleet. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, but you know what? I, I agree with you. what you were talking about, about in, in regards to, you know, you want to go and you want to support, but it's not the same support. Not at all. You know, I mean, yeah, you're still going to buy beers. You know, it's in can form, whether it be a six pack or four pack, growly or crawler. But you're right. You know, part of what really made it was that rule, that that love that, you know, we would exchange and just, you know, that excitement that we had to get there. You know, like, fuck, we hope, you know, we hope that we can find parking nearby so we can get in there faster. Right. You know, it's it's everything that went into being there. You're absolutely right. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And you're right. You know, since then, I've been there maybe two to three times. Uh, myself to buy a six pack four pack and it's it sucks because you just you go in there you're not kind of yeah you know like thanks and you take your bag and And there's probably a part of them along with obviously a lot of part of you that's like hey i want to hang and talk yeah they know it'd be okay because they know you personally they know that you take care of yourself blah 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 yeah all the ins and outs of all dealing the, with yeah all the good thing all the right things right but they also can't take a chance because um yeah. so much of this pandemic has become about optics true and true. how you could get caught at one moment and everything come crashing everything down crash yeah everything can change immediately for you right and for them right but um I hope that there's... I haven't talked to Kevin at all because he hasn't returned any of my 80 text messages over the quarantine. Kevin Carey, I'm talking to you. Um, (laughs) But they do have the availability of an outdoor space, especially with the businesses around them not opened up right now. Uh So I'm really hoping that they'll be able to partake in utilizing some of the parking spaces, sidewalk space, and also that the side um, street alleys that are there to hopefully have some com- consumers come back and have a pint with their uh, from the best neighborhood breweries in all yeah. of Chicago. It's funny you say that because um, last last weekend was it, or was it going to be this weekend where it should have been their May Fest anniversary? Last weekend. Last weekend was it? May Fest though was this weekend. May Fest was in, this um, week. That's right. Lincoln Square. In Lincoln Square, you're right. That's I knew there was just. I know, which is one, which is probably actually my favorite street festival. It's and actually a good one. I actually love going to If that I one. lived in Lincoln Square, that would be like the two days of my calendar that I marked the entire year. It's like you, this I'd be is like, the one you're We're not going on vacation. We're not going out of town. I'm not going on a work trip. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing I'm an take, event. I'm using a PTO yeah. on Friday. Because every time that we've gone there, <laughs> um, my wife and I, it's we run into somebody. We go there by ourselves. Yeah. We run into somebody. And actually, a lot of it has been the time it's been the Big Owl crew. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, we ran into Katie. Um, who, who we ran into? I, I can't remember who else was in the crew. Um, but like, I don't think Brittany really knew my wife knew too many of them. And these are people that I see every week, you oh, know. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was just like we had this amazing night. We ran into two of our our two of our good friends that are we know through our other good friends, their um, brother, sister, and brother in law. And you're like, and just like had this fucking great night for like five, six hours of hanging out and drinking like mugs of beer and dancing the polka music, (laughs) (laughs) eating brats, (laughs) uh, pretzels. Right. Um, Then they got great bars. 
Yeah, then you can go. Hooten Bar, though. Right. Shout out to Hooten Bar. And then if you want a quick sandwich, you can go to Jeans Sausage Shop. Oh, don't get me started on jeans. jeans. Oh, the rooftop there. The f- oh, forget about it. I mean, it's you're right. I mean, I think Mayfest May for me was definitely, I, you had to do Mayfest. Mm-hmm. You have to do Mayfest. And then. When people talk about Chicago Street Fest yeah. that make the Chicago part of the Great Summer um, city yeah. summer city that it is that's really one big part of it yeah it's just for those who aren't familiar you know the city of chicago does it's there's there's just no place like this during the summer as jake was just saying and every neighborhood has their form of a street party that lasts a weekend like friday starting friday sometimes even as as early as a thursday evening and runs through sunday where they block off a, a mile of a street down a particular you know, neighborhood no. where there's concessions completely lining the whole route. Uh, there's music stands, you know, or stages, I should say. There's there's activities for kids. Um, it's literally a full day. It's like from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., you know, to, to fall in line with the city ordinances and whatnot. But this is something like that just happens. And there's like two to three or four of them every weekend in different, you know, neighborhoods throughout the, throughout the city and, and suburbs. So it's something that if you're, you know, if you're wanting to come to Chicago during the summer, this is not the summer to do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll f- you know, we'll find a way to, to still enjoy because it still is Chicago. It still is the people. It still is by the lake. You know, would you even consider... Chicago beachside town. Mm, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Right? You know, I, I think I would. We, I would consider a beachside well, town. It's always very interesting because you talk with people that don't live on this side of the city, and they don't. They're they, when you say like, "Why do you live?" So put it up there for all you hipsters. Um, <laughs> all you hipsters live on the west side of town. If you don't listen to the podcast, Chicago's become uh, like uh, towards the east side. East side towards. Shut up. <laughs> God, my street just out of control this week with noise. Oh, my UPS guy, he's the best. Um, he smiles all the time. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the districts of Chicago. Yeah. Um, I always get in like, the fights with people about how, like, because I guess I look like a hipster. I'm not. And... <laughs> they're like oh you live in Lakeview East I'm like yeah it's fucking great we have the park we have the beach we have the lake we have the city we have the neighborhoods we have we have it all baby Mariano's yeah we have white black Hispanic Asian Indian yeah. Native American I don't we have it all in this, this city young old this part of the city in all parts of the city too um, but it's kind of more seen as like a yuppie neighborhood I guess if you will uh, versus the cooler neighborhoods out on the west side where you don't even know, like, you wouldn't even know that, that there's this beautiful, massive lake and this uh, greenery that exists um, out there where it's just concrete and houses and mm-hmm. small yards versus out here where we have so much space to go about um, every single day. And yeah. you can be in the city on one step and five minutes to your, to your east. You can be out in the lake or in the park and feel like you're in a whole different part um, of the city or di- being in a different city. Yeah. So and in summertime, it's definitely a beachside city. Even with us, like we don't necessarily go to the beach a lot, no. but we're always out at the lake. But you're by that lake. All the time. Yeah. Like every day. I mean, you're a block and a half off. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's so beautiful. So I that's why I asked it. I'm like, 
uh, we are a beach town. And with co- what comes with that is a little you bit know. of a drinking culture out there on the beach, yeah, beach side. So yeah, you know, people have been taking advantage of that already as I see walking down the sidewalks. You see that? I saw that too. I saw a couple sixes of some IPAs. I saw well, I was, uh, a couple um, cases of bush light. Um, on our podcast with Danny, <laughs> we were talking about how I was out in Clark last weekend and through Wrigleyville walking the dog to get some ice cream because my lady likes ice cream. <laughs> I don't. And... Uh, Bars were already opened up and doing like beers to go, cocktails to go, and people were just walking up Clark, <laughs> plastic <That's awesome>. cups. <laughs> My feeling was, oh, this is gonna ruin it for everybody. We're gonna go back to phase two. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it all exists. But it's it's a, it's, a, it's a such a special city, and without having those sem- yeah. those summer attributes to. Know, attach itself to I don't yeah. know it it loses a lot of its uh, luster it does it does lose, lose a lot of its luster but I you know as Chicagoans whether you're a transplant or true blue I think you know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna also pivot in this sense of like we're gonna make it still as best as we can as far as because you can still take your boat out if you really want to boat out the playpen's closed down so You'll just be out in the middle of, you know, Michi and whatnot, but at the same time, it's all good. Or you can just party on by the dock, you know. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I mean, there's just there's a lot of options. It's just a matter of how you take advantage of them. Well, let's focus on the positives. So, last weekend, as we briefly touched on last podcast, is that cocktail to goes will be passed by the one and only J.B. Prisker, the governor of Illinois, who's Real name is J Bob, because <laughs> the J doesn't stand for anything, and B is for Bob, which is Robert. So J Bob, as we call him in the Hooky household. And I know that you've been working with Julia um, to get that passed, uh, with getting thousands of signatures yeah. to get it through the House and the Senate of Illinois. And now it's you guys sitting on the clerk's desk for the last five days. Yeah, it's just sitting uh, sitting down on in Springfield on his desk, hoping for him to get Not it. his desk. Well, it's it's on a desk. On Tuesday, he announced it's he would he desk. would sign it as soon as it came through his desk, but it had not come through his desk. Yeah. We just need his pen to paper. We just That's all we need. We need his hand on the pen and then on the pen on the paper and then from the paper just woof it off so we can all get to get to busy. Which um, will give us a year of cocktails to go, correct? Which will give us a year of cocktails to go. The, you know, we, I think we all, and I said when we, not just the the group of uh, guerrilla campaigners that Julie was able to, to round up in support of this, um, it's for everyone that has all the 5,000 bars and restaurants throughout the city of Chicago. This is also for the 600 liquor store owners in within the city limits um, and even those neighboring us on the, you know on the Chicago city limit boundaries you know it's this is for everyone in the sense where this could be the new norm um, so why why not you know why not make it legal uh, if they only want to do it for the year which is what they've said this is only for the year that's fine I think if we show goodwill and we do it properly and there's no problem. I think this is something that could easily, you know, stay on the books and become state law. It's um, a long time to play with, too. Yeah, but the problem, though, too, is that even though that the governor signs it into state law, we still have 
damn it, Lori, um, don't fuck it up. Yeah, we still have other, you know, the counties, uh, the we st- municipalities in general can still say, yeah, that may be the case for Cook County, but not in the town of, say and say, you know, within Cook County or. You know, city of Chicago is part of is majority of it is, is makes up Cook County, but there's also surrounding suburbs that make that are part of it, and those suburbs can say, "Yeah, we're not interested." Um, I don't see that happening. Um, like I said, you know, I, this is vital for these uh, small businesses and these, and for and for people who are part of them. So I think this will th- this will happen. Um, now, after a year, that will determine everyone else, you know, we'll see if it, it'll, if it sticks, I think it'll become part of the norm. So as long as we do it responsibly and whatnot. So well, responsibly isn't really up to the individual accounts. It's up to the individuals who purchase the products. And, uh, and yeah, I think so, it's a I, mean, high, I think it's like a I said, we just have to do it responsibly. We have to be adults. You a know, society, yeah. yeah. We just, you know, don't, you're not 21 again. Mm. You're not underage again. You know, you are adults. We are adults. Don't you know. be Matt Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Brown. It was good hearing from him. The yeah, yesterday. I was going to um, – we're flying over to Liverpool to watch the Liverpool-Everton uh, match on June 20th. Are you really? No. No. But, okay, cool. um, God, Matt, if you are listening, I will buy us tickets to do so if you want to go. That would be awesome. But there is no direct flights to Chicago to Liverpool, so that might be a problem. Yes, 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 yes. So no AJ Hudson's this year? Well, that was, he, uh, officially, um, just the other day, Juicy Fruit's great. Yeah, I said Skittles or something, I first tried that pin hook. Um, When Matt and I, uh, on Thursday of this week, which is the 28th, Matt texted me saying the Premier League is coming back on June 17th and that Everton and Liverpool, who he is a supporter of Liverpool, who are essentially the non-crown but crown champions of the Premiership. <laughs> and Liverpool, who is my, my love, my they have my heart, they have my admiration, they have everything, <laughs> is the other town, is the other club over in Liverpool who I support. And he's like, June 20th, baby. And I'm like, are we going? He's like, no, but we're watching it together. And I'm like, well, not at a bar. He's like, yeah, no doubt. Bars aren't going to open until like July, mid, mid-July. And I'm like, yeah, it's too yeah, sad. So said. we'll watch them. Long story around it all, we'll watch yeah. it together because Matt Brown, as I said before, it's about time for a party at my house and it wouldn't be the same without you. Oh, not at all. As I recall, <laughs> you've got what I need. <laughs> I wonder what it I've I've never gotten to watch a match with him. What's he like? Have you watched a match with him at all? Yeah, well, yeah. actually, it's kind of where our friendship really, I think, blossomed um, sexually. That is, <laughs> um, Matt and I, we were uh, I, we knew each other from seeing each other in the trade and working in small batch distilleries here in the state of Illinois. I was, I think, this is pre Star Wars. Um, yeah, it was pre-Star Wars. Um, I was I actually went over to AJ Hudson's, which is a great little tavern here in mm-hmm. Chicago, to watch soccer. Um, delicious peppery wings. Ooh, goodness. yeah, they are peppery. Not bi- are they, they're not big, right? No, they're small. Small but tasty. Yeah, very tasty. Um, and if you can get those, uh, oh, what is it? French toast strips. French toast strips. They have yeah. like they have a. Uh, this really like great homemade syrup with some strawberries and then pair it with a Guinness. Mm. Mm. Actually washed down really well. Great. Great stuff. Um, 
great beer list as well. Don't go for the whiskey. Go for the soccer. Ah, that may change. Why? AJ Hudson's is resetting their whiskey. How do you know this? Because I know this. Well, I didn't know that. We'll get, that's topic number two. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> First, let's talk about the sexual blossoming of Matt Brown's relationship with me. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I, just, I walked into a bar. I think this is pre-Star Wars. I think I was just freelancing because I actually came to go write an article while watching an Everton match on a Wednesday. It was just one of those weird Wednesdays where a lot of Premier games were going on. And I walk in, Liverpool is playing. So it's a, so the owner of AJ Hudson's is actually from Liverpool, Everton supporter, which is a neighborhood inside of uh, Liverpool. kind of be like if you lived in Lincoln Park in Chicago yeah. and they had their own club. And then like there was like a team called Chicago. Mm. Put it in context that way. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of like South Side, North Side. Yeah, yeah, so, that's actually a really good analogy. To use. But if like this, if the White Sox were like the majority of the city, and the Cubs were just basically in one small part of uh, of Lincoln Park and Lakeview. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I walk in, and all Everton douchebags hanging out there, and I'm walking through. I'm like, God, there's nowhere to sit. I'm a little, a little late in Everton, late in uh, Liverpool, playing at the same time. Also here, oh hey Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, and uh, it was Matt Brown with those dashing glasses and that that buzz 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 haircut, <laughs> sitting there in a corner in a corner table on the benches right there. And he's like, we started talking. He never actually asked me to sit down. I stood for two hours while watching Everton across the bar on one TV and Liverpool was playing on every other TV. And I don't think I took my jacket off or anything <laughs> and stood there and talked to him the entire time while watching our respectful matches from different TVs while I was yeah. I was looking left and he's looking straight ahead, essentially, and not even at each other and having conversation that way. But then from then, it was kind of like, he's like, oh, I didn't know you were a Liverpool fan. And I opened my jacket and I'm like, I show him my Everton blue. <laughs> um, but it was uh, a mutual respect for each other then. And that's where our sexual friendship blossomed. But what's this about AJ Hudson's restructuring their whiskey list? Well, yeah. So how do you get this information? AJ, AJ Hudson's, as Jake said, has a great beer list. Um, great beer list. International, so they, local, yeah. uh, craft. They want to match that with their. They want to match their whiskey list to that. Well, I believe, I, excuse me, I was part of the reason why Koval got in there back in the day because there's always a Koval rye and a Koval bourbon in there. Um, and Robert and Sonnet, you can just uh, invoice me later. Post my days at Koval. I did buy a round of shots of bourbon of Koval one time after Everton won a bit, won a big match. Um, so I'll just be waiting for that. Mark, I know you're out there listening, so got that. Um, but yeah, uh, well, that's great to hear. Yeah. they have a, a beautiful back bar. The bar yeah. itself is a beautiful bar. It's, it's a, a great. It's, bar. it's an it's old school tavern. Space. Yeah, lo- that's what I love about big, it. Big, two sided. Yeah. Tin ceilings, pool um, table in the back. Everything they have the side patio that's done well. Well, I remember um, the summer before last when the World Cup was going on, mm-hmm. and we spent a few days. Yeah, we went there drinking a couple and, times, and yeah. that's when I met Matt Mobley. Ooh, biggest regret in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Mobley still have my pin, my uh, tie pin. You mm, fuck. Not a shocker. Matt Mobley stealing from you. Yeah, man. can't believe that. <laughs> not at all. Uh. But we went in there a few times, and then during the uh, the England Russia match, I believe, in the semifinals of the World Cup, we've been going there all week to watch games. 
especially England games, and you were mostly just coming for the atmosphere and drinking, I think, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, I, I went for the soccer, stayed for the drinking. And I get there, it's, I think it was a 9 o'clock match. I get there about a little before 8.30. I'm like, all right. As I'm riding my bike up there, I hear like all the chants going on outside. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I never <laughs> missed any fucking Brits lived in Chicago. And... There's a nice outdoor patio space. They're all out there yelling and screaming. Red's just flowing out of the windows as well. I'm riding my bike up, and I'm like, all right, here we go. But also a little panic. I'm like, am I able to get in? So I ride up there, and I see a line at the door, and I see a line stretching further and further up Ashland. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. I think you were coming to meet me. Was, cousin yeah. cousin Pete might have been involved in this venture. Matt Mobley also could have been a part of this, um, you know, uh, rendezvous. And then I'm through with you at uh, Hudson, AJ Hudson's. And I get there and I'm like, there's 50 people waiting in line to get into this bar that is fully packed. Yeah. And this is 8:30 in the morning on a Saturday. It was early. Yeah, it was early. So I ride up there and I'm like, shit. I'm parking my bike where they have this little bike um, curb right in the front there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm on the phone with you, I think. I think it was with you. And the doorman who recognized me is like, hey, you're an Everton, Everton fan, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm wearing an Everton t-shirt thing. And I was wearing a purple Everton t-shirt. So off-color shirt. And off-color shirt? Yeah. I have to call it a third kit shirt. And he's like, yeah, you come here, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're an Everton fan. I'm like, yeah, show him the emblem on my chest. He's like, all right, I'll get you in. <laughs> I'm like, can I get anybody else? He's like, no. <laughs> no. And so I called everybody, including you on the phone with like, uh, don't come. You can't get in, yeah. but uh, I think I'm going to get in. Um, and I was probably the only American in the bar. <laughs> 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 the rest of the British people, they're all just to me. I mean, I was cheering for uh, Britain. I, I, um, I have pled my allegiances to um, the three lions versus <laughs> the stars and stripes of America because so uh, just always falling apart in shambles when it comes to U.S. soccer. <laughs> and I hate Italian soccer. So Why do you hate Italian soccer? It's boring. It's boring? It's uh, this pass and back and forth. And it's pass and it's pass and pass. Let's control the ball. Pass and forth. 1-0. We pass and pass and pass and pass. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Too much drama when it comes to Italian soccer for me, <laughs> even though I, uh, some may call me Italian, um, but I uh, I do cheer for the Three Lions of England. Three Lions of England. Yeah, but I don't know where I was going with that rant. No, for, I'm no, not sure how long talk- I've been talking about that. No, it was cool. Um, it's cool because, I mean, it just, it just really does resonate with what we're going through right these days and what we're hoping to get back to within these next couple of weeks to a couple of months as we continue. Sports. Yeah, sports, man. Normalcy, baby. We're missing those things, you know. I mean, I've you been still... watching I've been watching reruns of Have you? of uh of well, of college football really. Yeah. I did catch overtime of Miami Ohio State last night. Did you catch that? Oh. Tell me that's a bullshit call. So Tell me that's, that was a I, bullshit cow. That's one of those games I remember where and when I was. I, was, I know where I was. Yeah, I was <laughs> in high school. I was at my good friend Jonathan Palmer's house. His parents were Ohio State grads, mm-hmm. Ohio State fans. When Willis he blew his knee out, mm-hmm. his dad is a pastor, keep in mind. Yes. My friend John, the son of the pastor, stood up and cheered like they had just won the national championship. because When of, he blew out his knee? When he blew out his knee. What a dick. Yeah, what a dick. Um, and his dad's like, 
Jonathan, we don't cheer for other people to get hurt. And I was yeah. like, damn straight. Because <laughs> I was more, um, you know, I was I was Catholic, but I was more with the uh, the outlaws, gotcha. if you will, <laughs> <laughs> the convicts. You were with the convicts. <laughs> Catholics were the convicts. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where, like, I'm a Big Ten fan, as an Iowa fan, but yeah. was that first of all, let's take a step back. Yeah, sure. Thirty seven players that played in that game were drafted into the NFL. Yeah. Every fucking name, you're like Sean Taylor. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, Sean Taylor. You yeah. know, like. Uh, Jonathan Vilma. Yep. Oh, uh, Doss. Uh, Gamble. Yeah. Oh, you're just like, oh my. They should have yeah. been playing. This is like the one year in the national championship was a right. Yeah. Because every fucking. Yeah. Even. Uh, the 2001 team that won, essentially, after we won in 2001, the 2002 team was the same team. We only lost five, six players. Because Andre Johnson was still on that team, right? Andre Johnson was still on that team. Um, uh, what was this? Uh, Roscoe Parrish? Roscoe Parrish was still on that team. And David Hester? Dude, you know what's crazy? I heard a little bit um, of the players talking about it in between quarters. They had San Antonio Holmes. He was playing Andre Johnson on the scout team of Ohio <laughs> State. That's how good they were. They were deep. It was a, it was a deep. Uh, Butch Davis. And this was when Miami went through... Um, a rebuilding phase. I mean, they just right. scandal and bullshit. Like a lot of, not many, not many, but anyways. So they hired Butch Davis, and Butch Davis, coming, um, he was coming from the NFL, and he came back, you know, the college ranks. And what was cool was that Butch Davis brought just this creativity in oh, yeah. how to use what scholarships he had, how to recruit with what scholarships he had and then um, how to build uh, continuously mm. on that. It, I mean, it didn't take him very long. No. It didn't take him very long at all. He was just really – Roscoe Parrish, uh, Santana Moss, Sen- Sonoris Moss, it's the Moss brilliant. brothers yeah. were at Miami on track scholarships. That's and right. they walked yeah. on – to the football team. Was Hester there later? Hester was there. Oh, five. Um, oh, five. Yeah. Yeah. Hester was there later. Hester was recruited as an athlete. Thinking right. They could make them. They put everything. A DB. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, with all due respect to my main Devin Hester, this is probably the only bears Jersey. One of two bears jerseys that I would wear a person, you know, their Still? name and number on the back. He would be the first one. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, such such a tremendous talent. Not to say the Bears didn't have a well, lot of talent. Well, we also wore 23, so it works in you know, it works. simultaneous ways. Yeah, simultaneous ways. Right, exactly. So it's one of those things where he just didn't have the – he couldn't grasp anything else. But here's the ball, run. It was almost like a Forrest Gump type of situation. Mm-hmm. Here's the ball, mm. fucking run. Great way of putting it. And, that's, and that was Devin Hester in college. And regretfully had to relive that same life at the NFL level because they, they hey, try to do but it. But he's going to be a Hall of Famer because of it. But I think he's going he's a Hall of Fame material. Hall of Fame material. I mean, that's hands down. I he's, mean, of course, I'm here's biased. How I, here's, how, here's how I define a Hall of Famer. Did you affect every single play Absolutely. while you were out on the field? Absolutely. 100%. And consistently over a nine-year career. Right, right. I mean, everybody was like, you can't kick to him. Or if it was a close game and the Bears were getting the ball you back. You can't have the ball in his hand, period. No. No, I agree 100%. No, those teams were fucking loaded back Reggie then. Reggie Wayne was on the 2001-2002 uh, team. Yeah, he graduated by 03. He graduated, yeah. But uh, Reggie Wayne, Troy Smith was the backup quarterback. <laughs> I 
I think actually Troy Smith might have been playing. Troy Smith played late, but he played a different position. No, no, no. He was a quarterback after I he. Thought he play, I thought he played wide receiver for. Like, after he got hurt. Oh, okay. Um, but I think he played Andre Johnson in practice actually, and then San Antonio Holmes was playing Willis <laughs> McGahee in practice. Yeah. How do you? How the fuck do you? Right. There's two different. Animals. Like Chris Gamble, fucking uh, Dustin Fox, their Dustin safety. Fox. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that dude was all over the field. Uh, yeah. Doss all over the field. Oh, Doss my. was all over the um, field. Um, uh, you, you had, uh, I mean, we can't forget. What's the D end? Um, uh, Joseph's. Uh, was it Will Smith for Ohio State? I can't remember. I honestly can't. There, but can't every remember. guy, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh yeah. my God. I mean, Craig Cranswell even played like four or five years oh in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a doctor now. Is he? I think he's a surgeon, newer surgeon. Or Makes sense. Like play for the yeah. Bears. Yeah. I well, mean, he's a smart guy. He won a Monday Night Football game against the 49ers for the Bears. Oh. It was one of those games where, like, you called the doctor on that one. Basically, you're like living in the late '80s, early '90s when it came to bears and Fort Niners folklore, and it was it was the early 2000s, and both teams just yeah. sucked. But yeah, the Bears won, I think. And, and you know, it's funny after the 2001 Hurricane uh, National Championship, that was my first chug of uh, bourbon. Really? Yeah. What was uh, it? Not bourbon. It was uh, Johnny Walker Black. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Very good. It was, uh, I remember I was... 33 then? I was... No, Willie was... No, Willie was In 03? So I was 30... I was 30 in 03, because Willie was born in 03. 2001, I was 28. Nice. So I remember that, yeah. I did a, a shot of... I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, man. I did. <laughs> I was Johnny eating, Walker I Black. was eating Papa John's and drinking some Mountain Dew. <laughs> No, I, I remember, yeah, that, I, remember like, I was, it was so funny because um, we were sitting on the couch watching it last night and I'm like, oh, this play's going to happen here. I'm like, how the fuck do I remember this? I'm like, yeah. with the Claret play with after the interception where he strips the ball. Oh, I'm like, oh, he's where he strips the ball. And he's like, I don't care. Maurice, Maurice Claret. He was, a, he was, God, I wish he would have stayed in school, but he's making something of his life now. He's, good. yeah, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a, he was a motivational speaker yeah, now. Yeah, That's really, good. really positive. He was a tremendous talent. God. Tremendous talent. He, you know, it's funny. You know, he reminded me of when, um, after him, the next back to hit uh, Ohio State, you know who he reminded me of? Hmm. Zeke Elliott. Zeke had that burst away speed, though. Z- Zeke. I don't know They're what both nimble through the hole yeah, and big. But that, that's Zeke, what has, yeah. Zeke has a lot more speed. Zeke, Zeke, once he broke through the hole, was like gone. He was gone, yeah. yeah. Claret was able to still finesse his way through the secondary. And right. then he'll hit top speed after a while. Or maybe he hits his stop speed as he gets to the second level, and then mm-hmm. it's just a matter of just bringing him down. Yeah. But Zeke, when I saw Zeke play for the first time, he reminded me so much of Claret. Um, that I was like, wow. I mean, it's it's just amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah the Canes. Even to this day, we still have, you know, draft picks galore, mm-hmm. Hall of Famers galore. Dude, I mean. Devin and, and Do you know who has Wayne. the third most players active in the NFL right now from colleges? Uh, University of Miami. University of Iowa. Iowa? Yeah. Where's Iowa? Exactly. <laughs> Our AD yesterday just said, we will. Shit. I guarantee you, we will play games with crowds unrestricted, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about the, the Big Ten, though. I've always respected the Big Ten. I've always been a Big Ten fan because 
I love tradition. Um, that's one of the things growing up. I remember, you know, I would, you know, sit back and I would watch, you know, the, you know, the men are drinking their whiskey and drinking their beers or whatever may be the case or cocktails. And they're talking about baseball. I mean, at least in my <clears throat> culture, baseball is huge. You know, they're talking baseball. They're talking about who's this, who's that, and this and that and that and this, how they compare. You know, one of the things growing up that I, that I, that I really fell in love with, you know, here, I mean, I was born and raised here, but what I love about being in this part of the country is that the Big Ten is just, it's so full of tradition. Mm. It's so full of respect. Um, it's just, it, I, honestly, I think it's just blue. It's just hardworking. It's just everything that we, that I witnessed as a kid and everything that was instilled in me growing up and what I, I, I continued on, you know, willingly, you know, instilled in me and willingly continued throughout my life. I, that, that's why I love the Big Ten and I respect the Big Ten. So when you ever play a Big Ten team, I think they're just, they're going to get you, they're going to, they're they're smart enough they're tough enough they're strong enough they're big enough they'll find a way you know and then um and university of miami it was just i don't know what the fuck was in the water down there but i i don't mm. think i've ever witnessed and or have been surrounded and played alongside they fit their paths differently dude such amazing <clears throat> talent and this is raw town this is just that a, right. a very young part of stage of our lives and to play with guys that are that I now see that are either retired and or now going into the Hall of Fame is just surreal. To say it's like I either played across from him or alongside In him. High school. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a, it's amazing. It's cool. It's a it's flashy. It's swaggy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I loved about it too. Well, it's what like Coker embraced down oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're like, we're gonna let you be you. We're just gonna tame it a little bit. Yeah, we're just gonna have to little tame it a little bit. But that was him just trying to keep his job for at least. You gotta think contract. like, I mean, like, I mean, Dorsey was a good college quarterback. He was he was a game manager. Not not a great college quarterback. No, no. And they probably would have won that game if he didn't get a concussion at the end of the game. Like he got concussed. Like he got hit. You watch. He those, got hit hard. Really, it's, it's a different game watching that. Like yeah. there was multiple t- on both sides of the ball. Where players are being driven into the ground and pushed yeah. uh, well after they threw yeah. the ball. No, there's, 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 there was a lot of physicality in that game, right. um, and I think, I don't know, but that last call just. Yeah, no, it was. I, tell, I think honestly, give us, give me so, your perception of that last. So call. I have a few things to break it down here. All right, break so it. in in the moment, I was like, "Ooh, bad call." I remember sixteen year old Jake thinking like that was a bad call. Mm-hmm. And then years later, I mean, probably only like four years ago, three, four years ago, mm. that ref said that he came he came out and said that he replayed the play in his head and he saw pass interference. That's why there was delay in the flag being thrown. And I, I don't think I've watched – I've probably seen highlights of the play. Sure. But I haven't watched it in real time, yeah. essentially if you can call it that while watching a replay of a game. Cause I forgot. I, I was like, Oh, this is where Dorsey loses the game. Cause he gets, he's getting sacked and dragged down. This throws a ball into the end zone. The ball falls. And I forgot that before that in overtime, um, that the play happened where Ohio state sh- could have lost the game on mm-hmm. fourth down with Krenzel throwing the ball in the corner. Right. I don't know how, I don't even know how it, I remember, I remember, the, the knee injury. I remember the uh, Claret play. I remember like even that's, like certain hits. I remember yeah, like I remember that. But when it physical. but when it happened, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot. I forgot. I wasn't anticipating that. 
That's why I forgot. I just didn't anticipate it. And right. so it happens. I'm like, oh, he's holding. He's holding. He's holding. And then he throws the ball. And I'm like, oh, they didn't call it. I'm like, oh, they called it. Like, I almost relived that moment right there. So in real time, I thought, holding, not pass interference. But <laughs> but Dan Fouts, who I hate. I hate Dan Fouts as an announcer. Brings up a great and excellent point. So this is why I know it's right. The ball wasn't in the air yet when he made contact in the end zone. When the DB made contact in the end zone with Chris Gamble or Jenkins, 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 uh, he uh, he the ball wasn't thrown yet. So technically, it was a it was legal touching. Yeah, because you can go all the way down down the field. And they were only five yards. Correct. The ball was the two yard line or so. Yeah. So they were actually fine. Yeah. Uh, so I go back to that sixteen year old Jake and say. <laughs> Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. I, you know what? That's great. I love it. I just. But I forgot how many fourth downs that oh, Ohio State completed God, to get dude. to win that game. It was crazy. It I was forgot crazy. all about that. And I forgot that Dorsey came out for that one play. I forgot he. Yeah. Get, I forgot he got hurt and basically came back and concussed. He came back fucked up. Yeah. You know? But still, I mean, because even I, that one, that one ball he had to your backup tight end. That was a little flat route um, on the two yard line where he was open. The, ball, the tight end would have caught the ball and fall fell oh. and fell in. He could have um, just tripped. He could have just yeah. He, in. It, it, the ball, he would have been all he had to do was catch the ball and yeah. just fall into the end zone. Um, but his oh, arm, his oh, I forget his name. Why, dude? Was it Ortega? He kind of looks like. Uh, um, you mean Shockey? Pre Shockey. Was he after Shockey? No, Shockey won. Shockey was on the 2001. Shockey pre Greg Olson. Oh, was, shit. He's Kellen Winslow's backup. Another, it was Kellen no, Winslow's another guy, backup. by the way. Okay. Anyways, but uh, uh, he uh, he would have caught the ball, but Dorsey's arm like never just got up. You can tell oh, it, it just, just like, it's like it's it like, was just uh, slow motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it was almost he always pushed the ball out. But it was even worse too. Um, with that, but it was, it, I, I, I don't know. It was just one of those games that was uh, amazing, and hopefully we can, let's see here, who we got? Not Kevin Everett. I can see his face. On there, but, um, I don't know. Was it Kevin remember. Everett? Kevin Everett was a tight end. Yeah, Kevin Everett. He was a tight end. I remember him. Yeah. There was a Buck Ortega. There was a Kevin Everett. There was uh, Buck Ortega was actually recruited as a quarterback and then converted into a tight end. Here's here's Ohio St- or here's the defense for Miami, John Beeson. <laughs> he went on to play for the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. okay, Alfonso Marshall. I know he played in the league. Alfonso Marshall. What position did he play? DB. I don't remember him. Uh, Darrell McGlover. I don't know if he got drafted. Doesn't Ontario Roll? Ontario Roll. He was a he was Sean a Taylor. Sean Taylor. Was Jonathan a Vilma. Jonathan was linebacker. Maybe you guys heard of Vince Wolfert. Vince Wolfert, <laughs> the plug. Uh, and then DJ DJ Williams. DJ who was, Williams was he, a, put, he was almost dudes. I remember. He I was, loved watching him because yeah. he played. He was kind he of played everywhere. In betweeners, safety, was, uh, linebacker. He actually played both ends. He he played uh, tight end. Did he? Fullback, linebacker, outside linebacker. Um, he was a jack of all trades. He was a true athlete, DJ Williams. He played for the Bears for a couple of years too. Did he? Yeah. 
Huh. I think he's. St- I think. Yeah, he yeah ended, that's right. I think he ended his career with us. If that ended the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No, it was, it's. It, I going back to like watching those teams or watching those games. I actually haven't watched really any of those things. Oh, I've been I don't. I don't like them. I don't, it, it makes me like almost depressed. The only thing I have watched. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, honestly, I'm like I have no interest. I'm like watch. I watch. And honestly, speed the fuck up. I don't care about watching like. Uh, the commercials. Are, oh, Eric, Eric Winston. Oh, he is that was a tackle. Was? He played tackle for us. And he is now the president, or he was the president of the National Football Players Association currently, Eric Winston. Is that right? Yeah, he was. A, he was yeah, that's he, him. Yeah, he was either a tight end or a tackle. At yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he was converted as well. He's another guy that was converted. Um, but no, I, actually what I've been watching, smart guy, which, real is, smart guy. which is strange, is that so with the Bundesliga, uh, opening back up over in Germany and playing their games on the weekends. I've been watching a little bit of that. Big dorm, big uh, dormant fan now. Um, big fan, of German, <laughs> big fan of German soccer. But I will switch it back and forth to NBC to watch the Premier League games. They'll show like the like some great games throughout the last ten years, and I get more stuck and drawn to those games okay. than anything else. I got, I could care less to watch a baseball game from ten years ago. Don't care. Yeah. And what I hate the most is I turned an NBA game on the other day. It was the Warriors and Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this game on? What significance <laughs> does this have? If I'm as a big sports fan, I'm asking that question. Yeah. It shouldn't be on. Yeah. And oh, my favorite thing, the only thing I have been <laughs> off my seat, screaming at the TV watching for flashback games is Mike Tyson fights. Oh. Yeah. Those fights were like, I was okay. born, but don't remember them. Okay. Um, watching uh, the uh, Michael Spinks fight, the Buster Douglas fight. Okay. Um, was there a Tillman fight? Watching those, those techniques. Flo and all, yeah, yeah, just like, uh, just watching those. They had, okay. a, they run in, uh, <laughs> they were they running a bunch of them last weekend over on ESPN. And I was just, I was infatuated with those. That's funny uh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. It was like watching a live fight, real, like, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, box, I, I think the only thing that I've rewatched, as I mentioned, is, is just Miami games. And it's, you're right, it could be sad. Did you watch the World Series or night? Cubs? No, no, I didn't watch. I haven't rewatched that at all, period. I watched a little bit of that at the end. I haven't rewatched that at all. I watched the last yeah. inning or two. I think the one thing that stood out to me when we won the World Series in 16 it was when Chris Bryant filled and he actually slipped. <laughs> that stands out to me the most because when he fielded that last out, he literally slipped and he, that ball could have been errant. Yeah, he, he's excited. Yeah, I mean, that ball was, it could have been an error. Uh, a throwing error on his part, but it wasn't. That's what sticks out the most about us winning the World Series, aside from the raining. And they say the speech. I wasn't there for the fucking speech. Right. I was watching the fucking last three outs of the game. You know where I was? Where were you? Bar on Buena. Oh, I was at the Black Sheep I with my rosary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I broke my rosary. <laughs> I wish I was the Black Sheep that day. Oh, my God. I was at the ro- I, I had my rosary in my hand. I brought it with me. I don't know why I did that. I just did. Whatever. It's the Catholic in me. Whatever. Were you working for Koal then? I was. I was working. No, you? no. This was this was post. This was. Um, no. Yeah. No. Yes, I was. Oh, I was hired uh, that August. So I gave a tour that night. I get. I, I, I was hired that August. 
remember and then soon after you and i went out with a coval 15 gallon barrel and we went oh yeah yeah, that was a, that? yeah, 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 yeah. for yeah. sure yeah yeah you were definitely yeah i was there i was hired yeah it's a few months before because i gave a tour that night a private tour that they would not no, no it wasn't a private tour so it was a Wednesday night. I gave our tours at Coval on Wednesday nights. Uh, Coval is a distillery here in Chicago, if you don't know. Buy a bottle. Thanks, Robert. Send me a dim voice. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we had a tour that night. There was about 15 to 18 people signed up for the tour initially, not knowing the Cubs would be playing yeah. game six of the world. Seven of the world. Six? Seven. Six. Seven? Was it, six uh, was it seven? That was six. I think you're right. I think it was game six, wasn't it? You may be right. Wilson's fact-checking right now. Yeah, it was game six in Cleveland. Because yeah, we won, yeah, we won game five. Yeah, because we were down, we were down three-one. No, came, it was game seven. It was game seven. Was it at Cleveland? That's right. We were down three-one, and then one. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> um, we th- kind of right off. Mm-hmm. People were like, yeah, it might be over at this point when we were down two-zero. Yeah. Um, that's right. But uh, we had. Wednesday night tours every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. People had signed up in advance, not knowing the Cubs were playing. <laughs> we happened to have five people from New York with one man of the last name of Koval. And so I sent out an email to all the people on the list and say, uh, hey, I'm Jake. I'm your tour guide tonight. Um, we will not be doing a tour because the Cubs are playing game seven of the World Series. <laughs> I think you'll probably understand. <laughs> it's one asshole, Kevin Koval. I think that's his name. <laughs> Brett, Kevin, something like that. Brett, Kevin, Koval. I love it. Responds back saying, are you serious? I'm in town from New York on work, and I've, all I wanted to do is go to Koval and see a tour of distillery since my last name is Koval. Oh, fuck. So before I can even respond, the loyal companions of this community in Chicago respond <laughs> back to this asshole because he replied all. Are you serious? This is Game Seven of the Cubs World Series. We don't care what you're, where you're from, <laughs> or what your last name is. So this guy keeps urging on, and I fall into it. And I'm like, "All right, be at the distillery at five o'clock. Yeah. I'll give you a tour, but I'm not missing Game Seven of the Cubs in the World Series." He's like, "Okay," so it was worth it. He comes by him and his wife and like two of his three of his employees come with him and they buy like five hundred dollars worth of stuff, buy a barrel. Nice. Kinda turns out they're like they're pushing it. Yeah. It's like six. Oh. And I'm like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Store usually closes at seven or eight. Seven? Uh, seven. 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 And usually the tour started at seven o'clock, so you're open till like eight thirty after mm. the tour, selling shit, tasting stuff. I'm like, well, Great, but I got to go, and I'm like a lion to this. So not kind of lion, kind of not lion. Right. My dad's from Cleveland. My dad's born in Cleveland, Cleveland Indians fan. We're playing the Cleveland Indians. I'm saying, my dad is waiting for me at a bar right now to watch the game. <laughs> He's from Cleveland. We've been waiting our entire lives to watch this game together, which is technically true. We're just not going to watch it together because my dad, he lives in Des Moines, Iowa. Never lived in Chicago his entire life. And he's this dude's still like pushing it, like, can we try this? I'm like, oh, but man. one of one of his dudes is like, we should probably go, we should probably go. His wife's like, we should probably go. Um, and I'm like, you guys got to go. My friends are waiting for me. My dad's waiting for me <laughs> at a bar. 
And the bar happened to be a bar on Buena that my friends were waiting for me, not my dad. And I'm getting nervous because the game starts at seven, seven oh five. It's approaching six thirty at this point. As I, as I clean up, as I clean up, gotta lock the doors, make sure everything's okay before I leave. The wonderful uh, facilities of K O V A L Cobal. And the bar on Buena is like a oh eight minute drive from the distillery, not too far at all. Call an Uber, get an Uber to go over there. And I'm like, oh, God, getting close. Everyone's yeah. texting me like, where are you? Where are yeah. you? Where are you? I'm like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Get to the bar. And he's like, I'm not letting bail soon. Oh, shit. I'm like, oh, my friends have a table over there, though. Like, oh, you're that guy? I'm you're like, that guy. Like, we've been literally holding this spot for you because your, your friends reserved a table of, like, 10. <laughs> you're the 10th guy. I was the last guy let into Bar on Buena That's awesome. that night, or I would not have experienced that majestic moment with my friends. Oh, man. Seeing the Cubs, a lifelong dream. Even though I'm a kid from Iowa, I was a lifelong Cubs fan. Yeah, watching still have an Iowa, there oh, yeah. Teams there. Triple A team is in Des Moines. Yeah, Most Iowa f- people are uh, Cubs fans yeah, as well. For sure. Travels WGN. WGN. This is <sighs> last year, WGN. Last year, WGN. It's sad. What do you think, lady out there on the street? Uh, All right. She's fa- what? So what is it with people FaceTiming while they're I walking? I can't stand it. What is that? The worst part is people who FaceTime wearing their fucking goddamn mask. Oh, they're doing that too? Oh, all the time. Because yeah. the people think if they weren't a mask, they're protected from the world. Uh, so it's like Batman. <clears throat> yeah. Mask man. Batman. I hate that fucking movie. Well, um... I feel like there was a topic I wanted to bring up about alcohol, whiskey, in Chicago to you uh, with laws. Such a wonderful thing. Laws? What something kind of laws? new? Something new happening. Oh, with... Not okay, co- we, we talked about the... Not cocktails to go. Not cocktails to go. Not the patios. Not the patios. Oh, okay. I know what it was. There it is. All right. Um, we're on roll. We were speaking about how people have turned to the off-prem. Um, across the United States, 55% of the of uh, off-prem sales are up. Or up. We're up 55%. 55%, of, yeah. But it's not necessarily reflecting all correct. distilleries across the world. Correct. That's across correct. the country. That is correct. Um, it's mostly your luxury brands, your big brands, your top five when it comes to Pernod, Beam, yeah. Centauri, um, Diageo, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not your craft brands. Correct. But we, we were pondering before, before the podcast started was that how would bars reopening even to a patio sidewalk mm-hmm. rooftop level or basis how would it affect the on-prem sale off-prem sales and potentially take away from that and see how it's deflated because people will be spending their money in elsewhere um essentially do you think that off-prem will see a quite of a decline when it comes to those sales i think i feel that on-prem um <coughs> won't experience enough to even gauge. I feel that the on-prem with patios to go cocktails, I, I don't think they'll even touch. They, they won't come close to uh, 25% of their business. Um, well, yeah, but people are also going to be going out and spending $50 faster than sure, spending $50 sure, in a liquor absolutely. store. I, I think, you know, it's funny you said, actually, that's a very good question because I was wondering that earlier today. I'm like, okay, cocktails to go is a done deal. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen and when right. it goes into effect. 
uh, patios, rooftops, side, side, sidewalk, cafes, whatever you want to call it, go into, you know, open up next Wednesday. Um, we just, I think it just depends on the volume of people. I think it's more people driven. Um, how are we going to go about that? Nothing's been, I mean, what, what's been laid out right now? And I probably, if I'm not answering your question properly, let me know. Well, are bars even taking reservations right bars now? Bars right now are not taking any reservations because they're waiting to see. They're waiting to see. Well, uh, well I mean, there's, I mean, like Chicago bars have the, have the opportunity of waiting to see the rest of the state looks like after this weekend sure, to adjust sure. to it properly. They, they could, they could wait for that, but there's not the volume of people anywhere else in the state. And you're not going to restrict yourself to reservations right no, now because you don't know. Because you don't know. Now, the only way to really control that is to put in a reservation um, type of system where you have to reserve a table, a bar stool, or whatever. And you know what? There may be a time limit on it. Oh, yeah. Danny spoke about that last podcast. Yeah, there may be a time limit where... Did he? Did he touch on yeah, that? Yeah, he said he goes... We're probably gonna have to do if we if it comes down to it, reservations. We're gonna have to do a two hour yeah. time limit. Yeah. And say after your two hours, you gotta go. He has to go. I mean, like you know, if like no one else is in queue, right? You can move to a different spot if there's sure. if there's an opening. Yeah. If if there's nothing else, but we you can can't stay let here. you take away our money. Yeah. Because we've been you're closed just gonna, for yeah. three months. We've been closed for two months. So you're gonna have three, three cocktails. Yeah. And we need this table to turn over a dozen cocktails. Yeah. To make this day. Worth our worth time. Worth our well. Yeah. Worth our three to... F- Correct. Who knows how many employees? Who knows how many employees? And this is a question I brought up to Danny, too, last week. Um, cocktails to go, depending on the volume, you know, depending on... I'm sorry to interrupt no. you. Cocktails to go, the benefit there is that if you are just a cocktail bar, you don't have this opportunity on the outdoor side of things. Right. That, you're ta- that will still allow you to bring back anywhere between one to three employees full-time. Regardless. Regardless. That'll help pay for that. Um, but that doesn't mean that every bar that doesn't is going to facilitate or is going to reach that because not every bar is a cocktail bar and so on and so forth. You know, so, but it, oh, there's just so much, you know, and so people need to be considerate and understand that once you get that reservation, it's not an all-day thing. It's not like a beer garden when you would go and you sit all day and you spend 50 bucks, but you're there eight hours. You know what's going to help these places? Yeah. That sports won't be on, so TVs won't be taken up. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times you sat in a bar and you see a dude and a gal just sitting at the bar drinking water because a game went 20 minutes longer, 30 right. minutes longer, went into overtime and Correct. Their, their tabs closed and they're like, yeah. they're just hanging out. And people are waiting. And that's fine if no one's waiting behind them. If no one's, yeah. waiting, if no one's waiting behind them, whatever. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of times I've sat at a bar and like, but I'm also very present, not because I'm in the industry, just because I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm well, I grew up in a family restaurant, so right. that's also one thing. But with that, always on the back of my mind, don't take up space, don't take up money. Yeah, don't and take up. Money I know it's weird, space. but I've been, I thought that way since I started going to the restaurant by myself since I was 14 I years old. Um, Those tables aren't there for all day. Those tables right. for you to eat, right? Drink get and the move fuck on. Out. Yeah, go about your day. Um, but like I said there's 5,000 bars and restaurants right. in the city of Chicago. But if you know, if you're at a bar, a sports bar, and there's no one waiting to take your seat, and your yeah. your bar, your clo- your your bill is closed, and game goes into overtime, and you're just drinking water, whatever. Whatever. But I I will never forget this time, and I will call them out. It won't matter. But at Crosby's Kitchen over in Southport, mm. I uh, Brittany and I went there for um, I think it was a Christmas dinner. Okay. And. I think we had reservations. I think we had reservations. And we were waiting for this family 
of four to move from the table while they were drinking water watching an overtime game of the Blackhawks. And we're sit, we're literally sitting watching the table that we're going to go to next because there's a late reservation, right. and we're watching. We declined a seats at the bar because we're like we have tables requested. Yeah, we'll go to the table. We're not going to take the bar space. We mm-hmm. want to sit at the table and have a conversation, not sit next to each other. We want to sit across from each other. Right. And we're watching this this table just taking up the space, mm-hmm. time after time, standing in the bar area, sipping on beer. But, like, not enough space to, like, go order another beer. Very awkward. Yeah. And they're just sitting there. And at that point, when it comes 10, 15 minutes, the manager has to step in and say, hey, guys, is there anything else you can get you? You say it very low-key, mm-hmm. low where you're, like, not asking you to leave, but essentially you're asking them to leave. And you say, is there anything else we can get you? And they say no. They're like, hey, guys, then could you mind moving to the bar area and watching the rest of the game up there instead of yeah. sitting at these seats? Cause we do have reservations to fulfill the rest of the evening. And that's, and that's bad management. If you're not doing that, if you're not doing and, that. And it did not happen that night. That's so and that's what I don't want to see happen to these bars and restaurants yeah. right now. Um, when it potentially comes to that, where we're only filling the spots based on reservations. Yeah. And because more than likely if we're doing 25 to 50% capacity when it comes to the restaurants opening mm-hmm. back up, bars and restaurants opening back up, even on a patio basis. Right. We have to move, move on. I agree. I, I But I think that has to be communicated, not so much from the bar owner or management, but it has to be communicated from the top. It has to be communicated from Lightfoot. Like, that has to be one of That's those things. Point. It's a great point. It, it can't be just like, hey, we're open, come Wednesday. Come hang out. Come hang out. No. No. Come spend money. Come spend money. Come enjoy yourselves. But you have a time limit because there's fucking a million other people behind you. put money back in the pockets, you. people. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, but that has come to the top. That has to be set up. It's not up a consumer issue. It's, it's a it's a it's owner. A, it's an ownership owner. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's being fair. It's being considerate. Right. Considerate is a great way of putting it. You know, it's just you. And, and that's the thing that you, it has to come from. The top. <laughs> it has to be set in stone immediately. It's like, hey, listen, these are going to be open, but do know that bar owners have the right to set time limits on your reservation or whatever may be the case, you know, because if they open up Chicago and they're like, well, to take just because you mentioned it, Bar and Breno's not doing time limits on their patio. Okay, well, that's Bar and Breno. I need to make money. I need to turn these tables. You know, I can't have you sitting here for five hours. I haven't been open for three months. You dig what I'm saying? I have, you know, I have to pay people. I have to pay my rent. And I have to do this and so on. So there's no time to explain that, right? Or to, to point out your inconsiderateness. I need you to move because if let's say like there's a party of three sitting at a a four top, yeah, and you're sitting there drinking water for 15 minutes after your bill's paid, yeah, you could have lost out on four drinks yeah. for people sitting at that three, correct? And then on to their second round, right. and you know, if you don't, if you want to stay but you can't. We got cocktails to go, love. Right. We got cocktails to go. Or we, hey, you know what? We uh, we got kits. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's there's ways to facilitate it, but I think this is this has to be communicated. Maybe it will help the consumer realize that yeah, bars and restaurants aren't just a place to hang out. No, it's a place of business. Right. And there's there's just some there are some places kind of that not every happen. no every night it doesn't have to be like that. Correct. Correct. No, I agree with you. 100%. But on Friday and Saturday nights. From seven to ten o'clock. Hey, as a consumer, you need to yeah 
hey, it's not going to be realize that there's people coming in and out of that restaurant and that bar the entire time. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's funny because a place that I love to go to with my son and and um, I just absolutely love even I go by myself. Yeah, the Pancake House mm. um, down to, on the Gold Coast is a, is a great proponent of this. You know, you go to the Pancake House, and um, you know, you, you if you go early enough, you get seated right away. Um, if you go late, you're you're waiting in line, and it's the first come first babe. Now, if your complete party's not there, they don't seat you. Now, while you sit and you're done with your meal. They make sure they they make it known. Hey, listen, you got a paint. You have a you have a wall of pane glass of people waiting to come and eat, and they're literally staring at you. They're looking at for tables. What table is right? You know, because that's a natural thing to do. You know, so it's really weird, but I think it's like purposely done that way. I'm sure. In a sense, we're like, here's your check. As soon as you're done. That's what you're dealing with, and that's what I need to. I, but I need to also serve those people. I think so unfortunately, it's so, almost like a forced consideration onto you. It, unfortunately, some people are so oblivious to that. Oh, it's, it's oblivious because because they feel the, so self absorbed. The, yeah, yeah. the attitude is exactly that. Hey, I'm paying. I'm paying good money to sit here and eat breakfast. You're done with your breakfast. You can take your paper and go the fuck home, mm-hmm. or you can have this conversation with your grandchildren on the way yeah. to your next stop. Or without due respect, I'm not trying to be an asshole. No. But it's, I mean, come on. Let's be considerate. Eat your food at your pace. Yeah. If you want to? Don't yeah. don't be wrong. Take your time and eat yeah. your meal. I would never rush in there. Because I, I, there's nothing yeah. more than else than I hate than when you come over and your drink is still half full. And like, can I get you another one? Like, I'm halfway through this one. <laughs> yeah. I haven't decided. It, even if I want another drink, I might want something different. Yeah, I'm not gonna want the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have people be very rude to me about that. Where you have a bar where you're not very full, <laughs> and you're like, like, well. Why are you trying to push me out or trying to get me another drink when yeah. I've already had three? So, yeah, I was yeah. just like, hey, man. I mean, but I think I think this is a test of of, of our. I mean, again, it has to be communicated from from yeah. uh, the mayor. It has to be clearly communicated by the ownership, um, even signage, not just verbal. It has to be That's you know point. because people there are people who are Karens and. You know, and whatnot that are like, well, where's that say? You know, I mean, it's easy to, to try to buy guy, but I think. Well, pretty- I think it comes down to ownership too, like in uh, impounding yeah. that inside of your bar, your waiters and bartenders, waiters yeah. and bartenders saying like, hey, hey guys, just a reminder. Yeah. You have a two hour reservation at this table. Right. Um, if your meal takes longer to get, I mean, we obviously will extend that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but we want to be just let's just be considerate of our time. People, you know, you're here for dinner. I thought this whole thing would pe- make people less, less self-absorbed when it came to the quarantine and uh, banding together to make the th- make this all yeah. go right in the side of this country. But the way I see people out in the street, I no. think it's long gone. I, I, there was that patriotism that came and left after 9-11. Yeah. Um, it was very fleeting, if you will, after the whole um, experience with that in the early 2000s. But with this, I never – I don't think I ever saw it. Where people were smiling at each other because yeah. you're behind, hidden behind face masks, which I, it's a whole other story <laughs> with me. Um, but I don't think people have more empathy for each other after these three months, which is very sad and disappointing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. Uh, but I that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we. 
I don't know, I guess, yeah. but uh, I just hope you pay more respect to your bars and restaurants when it comes to being more considerate patrons mm-hmm. about time limits, um, how you're using your money, how you're being yeah. cost effective, how you're being also just a nice person inside of that bar. Don't yeah. treat your bartender like shit. Yeah, hey, guess totally. guess what? When you open, when you guys, uh, if you're already going to bars and restaurants, listening to this podcast right now, I'm happy for you. I'm, yeah. I wish I could join you. If you're going in three days after this comes out here in Chicago, realize that it's just like anybody when it comes to doing a sport, um, testing your muscles at all. People are going to be a little bit slow coming back to it. You're yeah. not going to make your drinks as fast. They have, yeah. to re- they have to relearn the taps on the bar. They have to figure out if they even have enough taps in the bar. True. What they have in stock still. Because yeah. guess what? A lot of their perishables went out the wayside a long time ago. A, long a time. lot of those beers, a lot of those uh, Cokes, a lot of those other mm-hmm. things that are in, are in your taps are flat. They have to be replaced. And there's not salespeople out there to do that right now because a lot of them were furloughed. Yeah. A lot of them were furloughed across yeah. the nation. I think, um, yeah, that's a very good point. So people Don't go out with expectations. No expectations whatsoever. Yeah, go a very out, good point. Go out to expect to have some uh, some some freedom outside of your home. For sure, absolutely. Go absolutely. have that expectation. Yeah. Go out, guess what? Everyone there is going to have smiles on their face. Yeah. So <laughs> happy to be back at absolutely. work. Absolutely. Because this is a city that Colson said with a lot of respect for their jobs. Cousin Pete told me there a day he moved back to Iowa. Um, if you don't know Cousin Pete, figure him oh, out. Look at look him up. Ch- check out his stats on Facebook. He doesn't even have Facebook. That's how cool he is. But Cousin Pete Cousin worked Pete. at Northwestern here in Chicago downtown and um, in the ER department, department, if you call it department. I'm not sure what you call it. But now he moved back to Iowa City. He's doing the same job back in Iowa City. He texted me the other day and he goes, I miss the Chicago work ethic. I miss the people I work with that wanted to come to work every day and do the best they could for their community. Because yeah. I'm not getting it here because people have been furloughed. People have been off. People have been making money while on the government's dime because they get to have uh, these checks come in while they're unemployed. Because that wouldn't happen with my team back in Chicago. And that's what you're going to experience here. Bartenders and waiters and bar owners and bar managers, when they open their doors back up on June 3rd, the patio space, the outdoor space, um, to whatever they can have to serve you as consumers. Because you know what? They're here for you. They're here for the community. All they want to do is live their life, make their life. Bars and restaurants live in such small, small margins. You've, if you don't know, if you're not in the industry, you have no idea. But you're talking about a 10 to 14% gap where you're going to make or break your business, where you're going to feed or not feed your children, where your people are gonna, inside of your little unit are going to be able to live and you're going to be able to employ people that live inside of your community. Yeah, this is true. And with that, people, all they want to do is be out there and do their living. When I think of places like Fountainhead and Delilah's and, you know, Peckish Pig and War Day, people that love their craft, yeah. people that all they want to do is go to work and talk about cocktails, serve you, talk about whiskey, pour some great stuff, yeah. have some conversations. You know, like that's what they that's what they crave, and that's what they've lost out on through three months. So when you go back to the bars, back to the restaurants, go in there with a smile on your face, and don't expect anything whatsoever other than a smile on their face. Yeah. And some good service. And if anything comes to be below that bar, realize they're human beings too. Yeah. Because all they want to do is serve you. Serve you. Well, somehow we made it an hour plus in this podcast. I'm not sure how. <whistles> My wife.
wife is gone. My dog is gone. <laughs> Wilson is here. Callum is in the hospital. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. Uh, going bars on. and restaurants are opening in five days on a patio and a yeah. uh, small scale level out to the outdoor space, which we're more than excited yeah, for here. Good luck to those who opened up uh, actually today on the, outs- on right. the outskirts of Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah. They all, this is their first day back, so shout out to them. Hopefully everything went smoothly and everyone was considerate of one another. Brett Bauer, hope you didn't get too drunk tonight. Yeah, man, <laughs> Brett, don't be too crazy now. That's Sagamore, man. Hey, Brett, um, actually this, this episode is brought to you by Brett Bauer um, for $25 and a, and a, and a hug. Uh, he promised he'd sponsor this podcast. He is the first ever sponsor of Keena Lake. Uh, is it double B72? That would be seventy-two. That will be seventy-two. Uh, Twenty-five dollars and a hug. We will be waiting for you in a few days uh, for that payment. Uh, thank you for being the first ever sponsor of the Keen Light Podcast. This is brought to you by Brett Bauer of Sagamore Spirit and outdoor out there in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. He's probably having a fine drink somewhere right now. And good yeah, for him. Good, and for, good him. for you. Good for him. But for everybody else out there. Uh, for Wilson Torres of Union Horse Distilling Co. out of Atlanta, Kansas, a fine, fine distillery, craft distillery that we will help support emerge on as these, or, or I guess, uh, you know, fight on as these days go on here in the quarantine. I am Jacob Andrew Hookie the third minus the third, so just call me Jake. <laughs> I am a brand ambassador for Star Wars Distillery out of Melbourne, Australia. Yes, you read it right. You heard it right. Weird but true, but the world will still go on, and I will still see you in my dreams. And we'll have a high life in my dream. In a dream of whiskey. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Oh, over some cheers? Oh, that was nice.